Hey, this is Tim from Kalamunda Church of Christ, and today I hope that this podcast blesses you. If you are wanting to know anything more about our beautiful church, why don't you hop online and head to our website at kalamunda.church. Father, we just come to you this morning. Lord, and we do, we just sing how great your love is. It's awesome. Just as you're here in an attitude of worship, if you just feel comfortable, just to open your hands as if you're going to receive something. If you're not, that's fine. But if you're comfortable to do that, just, uh, Father, we just want to receive from you this morning. What you have for us, Lord. We're not here to receive from man's wisdom, but from divine direction for this year. Just as you're in this attitude of prayer, I wonder if you can... In your mind, just think about who's around you, uh, maybe not here physically, but your family, your friends, your work, your business colleagues. And what you're about to receive is not just going to impact you, it's to flow out. It's to make a difference. Lord, that it would make a difference around us, in our marriages, in our families, in our homes, in our workplaces. Lord, everywhere we go, Lord, that our feet go into the promised land that you have for our lives and will make a difference everywhere. Father, what we received this morning, I thank you, is not just for us. We're not here as selfish consumers this morning, Lord, but we're here as grateful sons and daughters that are excited about a fresh year because you're in it, Lord. And if you're with us, then what can stand against us? So this morning, we just receive from you. And I pray for every person, Lord, now open hearts, open minds. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. You can take a seat and welcome to the first Sunday of 2022. And congratulations, you haven't missed a Sunday yet this year. You're doing great. (laughs) It's great to be with you. And uh, the kids are with us. Looking forward to the kids' ministry and all all our ministries cranking back up again this this year. And uh, if I haven't met you, I look forward to meeting you this year. Brad, one of the pastors here, and it's great to be on team uh, in, in this wonderful church and a few away at the moment, but uh, I'm around all of January, uh, obviously not taking any leave, so feel free to hit me up for a coffee or something like that. I'd love to uh, really spend January getting to know uh, people um, and getting to know you. So we're here this morning, and who likes New Year's resolutions? Put your hand up if you're a big New Year's resolution. Not many. Yeah, it's sort of gone out of fashion, hasn't it? Nobody... So I hope you've got big plans and big news resolutions, but I'm gonna, uh, we're going to start this morning. In fact, I'm not even going to tell you what to do this morning. Just go to, if you've got your Bibles or devices, and leave that screen there. Happy New Year. I'm going to introduce you to my friend in a minute, but just go to the most famous chapter in the whole Bible, and I'll meet you there in a minute. But while you're going there, find that most famous chapter. Um, I want to introduce you to a friend of mine called Lucas. That's a real photo. That's not just uh, any old photo. That is my friend Lucas. I met him a few years ago. Lucas the lamb, he's a toilet trained weather, and uh, in my sheep shearing business, he, uh, I got to meet him, he, uh, he lives in the house of a, this family, and he's very much like, but the thing about Lucas is, he was actually on a path of destruction, and he was uh, heading for a dinner plate, and he was actually found on this path of destruction by these wonderful people who decided they didn't want to see him head for the dinner plate. And so they actually grabbed Lucas. He was just like lost, actually. He didn't know what he was doing or where he was going. And they brought him into their family and, and they made him one of their own. And uh, he, he now gets to sit at the table with them. And, and Lucas, 
is just this amazing uh, picture of this lost sheep on its way to a dinner plate that now he, he gets treated like royalty. You know, when I go to shear him, like he, I do all the other sheep outside, but then comes Lucas and they bring him out of the house and it's like, here he is, the most prized one. So I go very slow and just make sure there's no cuts and he's a quite a wrinkly little critter, so he's hard to get around. And, but, uh, and he's gone from, from, from lost to, to absolute royalty. And uh, I want to go to the most famous... Uh, who's, uh, what chapter are you at, by the way? Psalm 23. Well, maybe the mo- one of the most famous chapters in the Bible. Read a lot of funerals, but it is actually a new, great New Year's Psalm, chapter 23. Because this, in this Psalm that we're going to see, God has a six, it's just six verses, a six-verse agenda for every life on the planet. Are you ready? You might know it off by heart. It says this. It says, The Lord is my shepherd. He says, I shall not want. Oh, that's a different scripture. I'll read from this version. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Wouldn't it be good if it just stopped there and that was the whole psalm? That sounds great. Quiet waters, peace, tranquility. But then it says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And you said, Amen. Amen. Not just a funeral psalm, but this is a powerful, loaded uh, passage that we're not going to go into everything this morning, but, but I want to go through this passage, sort of fly over God's agenda for your life. There's so much sustenance for the believer in this passage, you could chew on it for the rest of your life and still not plunge the depths of what God is doing. This psalm is written by a man called David who knew what it was to be a shepherd. David probably wrote this later in his life as it's full of so much experience of a life walked with God. And it's actually written from the perspective of a sheep talking about a shepherd. And then it, could, it sort of continues on like that or to the end, it almost, uh, some say it twists to a, a guest at a dinner. And it's God's six-verse agenda to take people who are lost without a shepherd, who are dirty in sin and wandering aimlessly through life, and through a salvation encounter experience, bring them to the good shepherd, bring them to a place of peace and rest for their souls, and a place where you know that even though you go through hard times, God is with you. This psalm is full of so much. This psalm speaks to the person that may be here this morning that doesn't know God and is far from God and is wandering off but finding that their plans are no good. This psalm speaks to the person who is trying to find some some peace in anxiousness and to the person this year that's quite tied up and knotted up in anxiety about the future and fear of the future. This psalm speaks to you. This psalm speaks to the person that's trying to make decisions in their life this year to say, which way am I to go? I, I need a guide. I don't know what decision to make this psalm speaks to the person that's going through the darkest time in their life that cannot can't see one step in front of you and it's so dark this psalm can speak 
to you. This psalm can speak to the person this morning that feels like everything is against them, that their enemies are stronger than them, that they can't overcome. This psalm can speak to you. This psalm can speak to the person that's worried about death and fear of death and what will happen in the afterlife. This psalm can bring peace to the, one of the greatest parental fears, the fear of actual death, what happens next. This psalm is a powerful, powerful psalm. And I want to start with what it, on the first verse. What it all says is it says, The Lord is my shepherd. You know, over 200 times in the Bible, at least, the Bible refers to us, God's people, as sheep. David's talking about a sheep to a shepherd. I don't know about you, but that disturbs me as a sheep shearer. It's quite disturbing because I know a few things about sheep. Number one, sheep are stupid. They really are. And, 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 and you know, uh, there's, there's a saying in the shearing industry, there's always one. Whenever you're trying to move sheep into a certain area, there'll always be one at the end that just won't do what you want. And it just rounds around like an idiot and bumps its head into things. Sheep are stupid. The other thing I noticed about sheep is sheep are very dirty. And, you know, every year or so, or six months, uh, I will get a call to go and crutch some sheep, fly-blown sheep. You know, these sheep have no ability to clean themselves. They just cannot do it. They are totally, totally at the mercy of their shepherd for the cleanliness. And I, and I just see that in us, you know, that we are all, the Bible talks about that we are all, we are all lost. We have all gone astray like a sheep. We have been lost and gone astray. And that's why we need a good shepherd. And, you know, the gospel is so simple that you can't fix yourself. You can't clean up your own sin. You can't do it. We are helpless and it's only by God's grace. Isn't that true? We're sitting here this morning, not because we're great, not boasting how great our love is for him really, but how great his love is for us. That it's his grace because we are sheep and we get dirty. The other thing about sheep is they're just totally defenseless. You know, you'll never see like, you know, in some, a big photo you see on someone's wall or their office, a big lion, a big tiger or something like that, you never see a real awesome looking sheep. You know, it's like, wow, look at that. <laughs> the sheep needs help. And, but the thing that I notice that David first says, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. My shepherd. He makes it personal. He isn't just a shepherd. He isn't just, he isn't just the one that flung stars into space. He's, he's my personal God. He said, he, he, he is my shepherd. And the whole psalm, the rest of what follows on, all is determined on whether the Lord is your shepherd or not. Whether it's personal for you. Because this year there's going to be so many things that are going to come our way. And right from the start, I want to say, hey, as your pastor, I'm looking to the shepherd. Amen. We need the chief shepherd. David's real identity, I love this, right from the start, is not even as a king. You know, later in his life, being a king... Yet he, when he writes this psalm, he comes back out of his royal identity. He says, you know, the greatest identity I have is not in a palace, but it's in the paddock of God's flock. I'm a, just a sheep in need. It's so humbling for him to say, the Lord is my shepherd. Um, his greatest position was nothing else but being in God's flock. And I want to tell you this morning, everybody has a shepherd in their life. David made a statement that his shepherd wasn't his position. Some people, their shepherd is money. 
Some people, their shepherd is what guides their life, their ambition. Some people's shepherd is relationships. Some people's shepherd is whatever it is that is guiding and, and, and motivating you and inspiring you in life. is probably your shepherd. What is leading you is your shepherd. And that's why Jesus put it so simply. He said, come on, at the start of the year, Matthew 6.33, but seek first the kingdom of God. Put God first and his righteousness and all the things you need will come after you. He's saying, don't go after stuff. Just go after the shepherd and every supply will come your way this year. Everything you need in July is going to come if we seek the shepherd now in January. Put him first and what you need will already come to you. I love that thought, that he is our shepherd. Peter said in 1 Peter 5, 4, And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away he's saying there is a chief shepherd and Peter and David both had the same shepherd and his name if you don't know yet is Jesus Christ he wants to lead your life I don't know about you but I love that thought and I want to challenge you this morning how is your relationship with your shepherd is he personal to you Uh, Jesus said in John 10 that my sheep hear my voice and they follow me that's a personal relationship and we need to hear God's voice this year in what he's where he's going to direct us where he's guiding us you'll notice that uh, over the the next month or so we're going to be talking about um, uh, not not so much a vision but what we value as a church and the values that are on our website I'm going to be looking at uh, things that uh, and it's really the things that really drew me to the role here things like that we are more than a Sunday you know things that we are uh, intergenerational wanting to see the next generation released Uh, Some of our core values, so I encourage you this January when you come along to get a feel for the heartbeat of where we're going. You'll notice I'm not having, we're not doing like a big vision Sunday and this is where we're heading because I just believe God is going to reveal more and more as he has been before I got here and now just because I'm taking on the role, we're still going in a direction that God's leading. But there's going to be some key things we're going to focus on this year so I'd love just to encourage you in that. In fact, next week, um, just to let you know, Tim's going to be preaching, Pastor Tim Phipps and... uh, I actually have a pre-booking uh, guest speaking that we booked before I took on the role here. So I'm going to miss you next week. We're down at Mandra speaking at uh, East Lake Church, which was booked in months and months ago. So just a little side note there. But how is it in your heart this morning? You see, back in the day when shepherds would go and, and find their sheep, the sheep would be watering at a dam. All they had to do was go there and they would call the sheep and their sheep knew their shepherd's voice. And that's how they would move and go. And shepherds didn't get behind their sheep and push them and push them. They actually walked in front of the sheep and led them. And even today, there's a new thing out, which is uh, called low-stress stock handling. Ever heard of that? Low-stress stock handling. So, So I know a farmer, and when he comes to get his sheep in, uh, for shearing and he's got thousands of them he'll bring a mob of a thousand and when he comes he asks us just don't you guys get involved because we all get in and go like we're yelling and screaming get in there and got dogs barking and he's like I want to do low stress stock handling and so what he does is he actually just stands in a certain position and he just knows where to move and as he moves the sheep move and it's amazing to watch just low stress I want to tell you this year God wants to do some low stress stock handling He wants to move us in some directions where it's not forced by us, where it's not you pushing, 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 but where you just follow the shepherd and you lead in a way where life isn't easy, but there's an ease about following Jesus. When you're in God's will, there is an ease. It doesn't mean it's easy, but there's a spiritual ease and consistency and power that you have 
in your life? Who would like some low-stress stock handling this year? I'm sure the elders would like some low-stress stock handling this year. The ministry leaders, some low-stress stock. And it says that when Jesus is your shepherd. Here we go. Verse 1 says, I lack nothing. I, I used to always read, and I, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I always read that wrong as a kid. I was like, why, is, why doesn't he want him? Like, why wouldn't he want this shepherd? This shepherd's great. And then it's meaning I lack nothing. So if you're a kid here and you're like me going, what is he talking about when I was a kid? It means that you don't be in want. You don't have any need because he is all sufficient. Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Come on. His grace is everything you need is not found in your striving, it is found in a shepherd relationship. Everything you need, everything. You might need some better sleep. The Bible says, I'll both lie down and sleep in peace, for you, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Think about that. As the sheep are sleeping, they both lie down and sleep in peace. Why? Because the shepherd is watching. The shepherd who never slumbers nor sleeps. God has never taken a wink, a blink or a sleep. Not a nap at all. And he's always there to look after his sheep. And you can trust him. And you can rest into this year and go into this year with a sense of I'm resting in God. Every need is not your responsibility it's the shepherd's responsibility. I have all that I want. I want to encourage you let's, this year, let's not go chasing after provisions with our eyes off the provider. There's things we want, I'm dreaming about. There's things I'm praying for, the things we're believing for. But the number one thing is just to keep our eyes on the shepherd and you'll have all that you need. It says, it says that he makes me lie down. He makes me lie down in green pastures. God's got things for us this year, I believe, that are like green pastures. I want to speak to it to say that there is some things that God wants to see in your life. And I feel this in my spirit now, some harvesting areas. Yes, they're green pastures, but you're going to see harvesting areas where it gets ripe and things that you've been praying for and wanting for. I believe this is the year to say, Lord, I want to see the harvest things. I want to see it come to fruition. I want to see what I'm praying for and believing for because I know that you are making me light in green pastures. He wants to provide for you in, in a place place where it's lush it's lush he, he, he let, and when you become a Christian this is like a picture to me of what it's like he suddenly you, you found what you need and then it says he leads me beside quiet waters <laughs> who would like to put some of the noisy stuff behind you of 2021 and say Lord I want to be in the quiet waters the place of tranquility a place of rest and peace because, you know, as we possess that, it's so attractive. It's so attractive to a world that is caught in the chaos, that, that want to know that peace in their life, not knowing what's going to happen or thinking about February. What about when things open up? What about the virus? What about this? What about the vaccine? What about this? What about um, church services? Are we going to still be able to meet in person? Am I going to have a muffled mask song voice for a long time yet? Or do I get to put this thing off and breathe and in? And so many things. And you know what we need in amongst all that? Is the peace and rest that God brings. A confident, calm peace that says, so what? God is with me. My peace doesn't come from everything around me being all right. You know, the thing about a ship is a ship can be surrounded by water. And that's okay. There's only one thing about a ship that you don't want the, weather, where you don't want the water to go, and that is the water to get into the ship. 
but a ship is fine surrounded by water. It would be its greatest enemy if it gets on the inside. I want to tell you, as a church, we are fine surrounded by the things, the, the, the stresses and the worries, but don't let them get on the inside of you because that's when you start to sink. And Jesus can be your quiet place, your quiet waters. I pray every Sunday when you come that you get a sense of what God's doing in your heart that brings a sense of rest. It says, He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for His name's sake. I love that thought. I love how David says, He restores my soul. You know, think about David. Even though reading this psalm, he sounds awesome, like a mighty warrior, like a mighty um, sheep in God's flock. He knew what it was to really fall, to really make mistakes. He would look back upon a year, if he was like starting a new year, and he could look, and he could see some rubbish. He could see adultery. He could see conspiracy. He could see murder. He could see things that he had done, had gone right off the track from God. And maybe as you look back, maybe there's things in your life, and you're like, Brad, you know, I might look great on a Sunday and I might have, you know, got my good clothes on, but, but man, I've just got some mess behind me. I want to tell you, God's promise is he wants to restore your soul. See, when a sheep, what happens to sheep is sometimes when they get really fat, and I do a lot of fat sheep in the hills because some of them are one sheep living on their 10 acres or whatever, and all they do is get fat. But what can happen to them if they get fat, they can actually roll over, catch this, and there's a term called a cast sheep. So when a sheep is cast, it's on its back, its legs are up, and it cannot get up. Now, the thing about a cast sheep is it will die in this position. It cannot stay in this position for a long period of time. Sometimes we can get so full of the knowledge of knowing the things about God, and the reason this psalm is so dangerous is because so many people have heard it, know it off by heart, and can recite it, but it's so dangerous because because it gets so familiar, we just get fat on knowledge, and then sometimes we don't actually do anything what we've got, and we're like a cast sheep. Or just the things in life that we're feeding on, the wrong things, can cause us to get spiritually, unhealthily obese. And we're in a cast position. And when you get like that, sometimes you can't get yourself out of that addiction. Can't get yourself out of that situation. Can't get yourself... And this sheep, they're cast. So what a shepherd, a good shepherd, is always looking and seeing his sheep. And when he notices a cast sheep, the first thing he'll do, he'll just run to that sheep. He'll leave all the night. He'll leave the rest, get to that sheep, and he restores, it's, that's what he's talking it restores him to his feet and to the flock. And that's what David's saying, you restore my soul. I've done some bad stuff. I've been through some horrible things, but you're the kind of shepherd that has picked me up and put me back on my feet and back in the flock. See, this is the kind of humility that he had from a life of following his shepherd. And I believe there are so many people, see the empty chairs around you, there's some people in your sphere of influence God wants to restore to their feet and to this flock and restore them in a way that they come to know the good shepherd who will forgive you and heal you and restore your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions can be restored in a way that God is your... Is that making sense? Amen. What do you need restoring for this yeah, maybe 2021 has knocked you in certain areas. And you're like, Lord, I need restoring in my soul. And that sounds great because when you get restored, it's great. But here's the next passage in the verse, verse 4. It starts to shift gears because just because life is good with God, it says, but even though, he says, even though I walk through the darkest valley or some translations say the valley of the shadow of death, 
I'll fear no evil. You are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. David is, you know, he knew dark valleys. And the truth is, there will be dark valleys. There will be valleys ahead. But you know the good thing about this scripture? Is David didn't write this and go, even though I set up my camp in the valley of the shadow of death. He didn't say, even though I built a house there, even though I built a monument there. No, he said, I walk through it. Valleys to the believer, hard times, go, we go through them. And he's saying, you know what, this is something you're going to get through. And it's an encouraging thought to know your shepherd wants to take you through. He doesn't want to leave you there and in that valley. And maybe this is the year to come through. Something that you've been fighting for, something that's been going on. It's like, God, when, when am I going to get through this? And God's saying, this is the year to keep trusting me to come through the valley. I know some years, I look back at every year, there seems to be a new challenge. That's why I remember in my journal that I often start a year with a new journal. I remember writing, I think it was um, one of the years there, years ago. And I just wrote this year, my, my verse for the year was, I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I was holding on to that. And then suddenly we had a tragedy with, I had a, uh, we, I won't go through all the stories, some of you know, and we lost a really close uh, family member uh, tragically. And I'm thinking, man, I was prophesying, I'm going to see the goodness of the Lord. And then the next year we go through a cancer journey. And then it's like every year there's something to happen, something to go. And you look forward and you're like, whoa, but sometimes it's good to take a look back and go, thank you, God, that you, I've, we've come through some stuff. Yes, it wasn't easy, but guess what David is saying? It's not the presence of problems that determines your peace. It's the presence of your shepherd in your problems. He won't take away the adversity, but he'll make you stronger through it. As you face that Goliath, he's saying, it's okay. The Goliath might be nine foot tall. So this is the year that I'm going to make you 10 foot tall. This is the year you're going to grow in me and go through things. Being a Christian doesn't disqualify you from adversity. It just qualifies you for victory. In every adversity. Isn't that good news? It's good news that God doesn't leave us there. Even though we walk through it this year, whatever we walk through, let's keep our eyes on him. Because 2022 might be a big question mark, but with God, you don't need to live in the question mark. You can embrace the question mark. Say, Lord, come what may, you're with me. Having that in our hearts. You know, we need to focus this year not on what we don't know, but on what we do know. And some people focus on all the don't knows, all the what ifs. I made a decision years ago to stop saying what if and start saying what is. Well, what if this happens? Well, well, what is, is my constant is Jesus. My shepherd has not left me. He's with me. Focus on what is. Job said it this way. He said, uh, remember, he said, um, one thing he knows after everything Job went through, but he, I know my Redeemer lives. There's a lot of things I don't know about 2022, but I know my Redeemer lives. Amen. Amen. And then we go down and it says that, verse 5, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. My cup, actually I like this one here. Yeah, you anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Again, there's a sermon in every, really, every, every verse. I'm going to close up in a minute. But I just want you to know, he prepares a table. And I love the fact that that word prepare, when you look, that God's prepared stuff for us. And, and he's prepared you to be able to feast, even though there's frustration. 
He's prepared a table for you. He's prepared something that you're going to be able to be sustained on, even though your enemies are present. It's like you can still have the presence of all the adversities around you, but it's okay. You can continue. You can eat in peace. You know, people say they're the most. They say people are the most relaxed when they're eating. So it's great to eat together and just relax. And he's saying, you can relax even though not everything is worked out. You've got all this adversity in the presence of you, but I've prepared a table for you. There's another way to look at this, which I read, and I forget the pastor's name, and so don't quote me on it, but come and talk to me about it. But he was saying that when a shepherd would lead a sheep, and what they would do is they'd lead the sheep, they would look for, because often they would run out of food. You know, so we've got to move on. We've got to go to a new place. We've got to find new food. We've got to prepare. And the shepherd is responsible to prepare that for them. And so he would go ahead. And when he would look and he would see, hey, there's 50 acres of beautiful green grass. A, a, a novice shepherd would just take the sheep there. And um, the person that I read this from was someone who studied shepherds in Israel years ago. And he said a veteran shepherd would actually, before taking the sheep to the new place, he would bed them down and get them to rest and just wait there. Then he would go up and he would check out that grass. In a places of, certain places in Israel, he was looking for something and he was looking for little holes like this, which were snake holes for a type of adder, these adders that would come up out of the ground and if the sheep were there, they'd bite, deathly bite to, to kill the sheep. And so he's looking for them and what he does is he gets oil and tar a certain kind of oil and before if he sees the holes he lubricates them all with this oil and so that it's so slippery that the adders can't get up then he brings the sheep up and the sheep can then eat and they've got a table prepared for them and even though the the, the serpent of old the enemy wants to come up and try and get them they can't because they they can't get out of their holes because the shepherd has prepared a table for them in the presence of their enemies and again of uh, an old pastor Read that. I've never really heard that before. I thought it was quite fascinating. And I thought, what a great thought if he's continuing along the theme of the sheep. That, that even in the presence of your enemies, God has a way of protecting you. God has a way of looking after you. God has a way of saying, this is my church. And no matter what comes against it, I'm going to preserve it. I'm going to look after it. And we're going to go forward in Jesus' name. And he anoints my head with oil. I love that thought. And that's what they would do in that time. They would, you know, a visitor would be anointed with oil and they would be refreshed. And, uh, and they would fill up their cup. And, and if you had a guest in the culture there, you would fill their cup. And, and you wouldn't just fill it to the top. It would just overflow a bit to show that, that. It just shows that the generosity. It just shows that we're, you've got abundance. It shows that God is into abundance, that he wants you to overflow this year. Amen. As the worship team come back up, I want to encourage us with this last verse. God wants us to overflow, not just to be filled for us, but to overflow with joy, overflow with peace, overflow with your shepherd's relationship, overflow uh, in the presence of your enemies that they can see, hey, he's relaxed. You know, the devil roars around like a roaring lion, roams around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And he's looking for sheep, amen? He is looking for sheep, but he's just got a big roar. And the key thing for the sheep is to stay connected to the flock. Stay close to the shepherd so that the enemy doesn't pick off the lingering ones that get out of the flock. And that's an important message there all by itself. The last verse says, and I love this last verse, Surely your goodness and love, your mercy will follow me all the days of my life. But again, I just think, David, what are you talking about? All the days of your life? I'm sure you can look back on certain days like I can and go, God, I didn't really see your goodness and mercy that day. The day you got that phone call, you're like, God, I didn't see 
your goodness and mercy. The day my parents split up and walked out, and mine didn't, but if that was you, Lord, I didn't see your goodness. The day that you allowed abuse to come into, Lord, I don't, don't, surely your goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life? Why could David say that? I believe it is because David isn't just looking at just one photo of the Instagram journey. (laughs) Just one photo, but he's looking at the whole thing. And he's saying, if you look at everything and you know that your shepherd is with you and your shepherd can heal you, your shepherd can restore you, if you look at everything and you know that even in all things, God works together for the good, Romans 8, 28. He works together for the good of those who love the Lord and accord according to his purpose. David could look back and go, yeah, all my days, I can see your goodness and mercy, even in the horrible stuff. Even in the pain of life, I can see that you are still a good God. And sometimes I don't understand it, but I do know I can trust my shepherd. And I'll dwell, he says, in the house of the Lord forever. And it's my heart's desire that it'll be our, us as a church, to, our hearts to beat with that. That people would come to know Jesus because Kalamunda Church is alive and on fire for Jesus that you would grow to be so close to your shepherd and that his food would sustain you, that you would be a sheep in the flock of God. It's our heart that we would be effective and, you know, that the flock would be powerful for God. We're not stupid. God doesn't think we're stupid. He just knows we need him. (laughs) I heard the story of a famous um, actor was having a big dinner, a big New Year's dinner, so it goes celebrating a new year and he invited all special people over and they're all eating and because he's a great actor he started to recite poetry and different things and he's reciting all this stuff and he'd recite something and everyone would just clap go beautiful beautiful he was amazing one of the guests at this place was an old about in his mid-70s an old preacher not that that's old sorry that's not old that's just beginning come on Abraham Isaac think about when I, I could go I won't so a senior preacher and uh, he, this old preacher said to this guy, he said, hey, could we do, do you do requests? And he goes, yeah, what would you like me to recite? He goes, I'd love you to do Psalm 23. And the actor goes, I can do that. He says, on one condition. And the preacher says, what's that? He says, that you do it after me. He says, all right. So away the actor goes, for the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And he gets right into it and he's so charismatic. And they are, everybody just claps after him. And it's like, wow, that's amazing. Now your turn, preacher. So the preacher gets up and in this worn out preaching voice, he goes, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters and he goes through it. And you could hear a pin drop and he gets to the last line. I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And no one was clapping. People were weeping. There was not a dry eye in the place. And one of the guests said, What was the difference between the actor and the preacher? And someone said, well, you've got to understand the actor, he knows the psalm, but the preacher knows the shepherd. Do you know the shepherd this morning? Do you know him and is he really in your life this morning? I want to encourage you if he's not, you can get right with God today. You can leave the past behind and say, Lord, I want to follow you all the days of my life from today. Would you pray with me, Father, uh, in this attitude of prayer? I just thank you for this moment we have.
Thank you for what you're doing in our hearts and our lives today. Lord, we come to you as we look at a new year. And Lord, we get excited about, I get excited about a new year, but more than that, Lord, I just am excited about you, Jesus, that you are the shepherd of your people and you are the good shepherd. I want to tell someone this morning, he is good. You can trust him with that. He has got good plans for you. He is a good shepherd. Father, I pray for any person here today that doesn't know you, that's never said yes to the shepherd, never said, oh, I need my sins forgiven. I am lost and gone astray. Lord, would you meet that person where they're at? We pray for our community, for people that don't know you, for people that are lost. And Lord, they're on their way to the, to, to the dinner plate of hell, so to speak. Lord, but you reach out like them people for Lucas the Lamb with a heart of love to say, no, I want, I want to save you. You are a valuable person. You are loved by God. Lord, would you help us to reach out with arms of love to see people come to know you and see people just make you known in their life powerfully and powerfully. We want to give you all the glory. And as we stand to our feet, everybody said, Amen.